It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 19.2. We did have an episode on January 7th. It's January 14th right now, uh, but I'm an idiot, and I just swap hard drives on my computer. So that episode is a Twitch exclusive. You can catch us live here, twitch.tv slash Shampoo. Uh, just a reminder to everyone to back up their information and all of their assets because I deleted the entire Early Access Podcast asset folder. So that intro you saw, if you're watching live, uh, and my face, this whole new template was completely redesigned. So this is still going to remain an audio-only podcast, but for those of you who want to, for whatever reason, stare at my face, then you can do so at twitch.tv slash at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Tuesdays. It is January 14th right now. And the theme of this episode, uh, we're going to be breaking down some of my most horrific esports horror stories, uh, or just some esports stories in general that I find funny. Some of them didn't go horribly wrong, and some of them uh, actually did go terribly wrong. But first off, as as is tradition here on the Early Access Podcast, which is borderline now a racist streamer watch podcast, someone needs to start the Twitter account where uh, every time a streamer does something racist... Uh, you tweet it out and you'll have content daily. I guarantee it. Um, so this one is so shocking, uh, not to be clickbaity, but it is so horrifically over the top that I felt like I absolutely had to talk about it. Someone on my Twitter feed brought up a good point. Every time someone on Twitter um, sees someone say, oh, booby streamers, then everyone freaks out. It's like, oh, booby streamers are fine. And I'm 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 cool with as long as you're not breaking terms of service. That's my stance. I I don't care. This is breaking terms of service. Every time someone calls out a racist to a streamer, people don't seem to go and pick up and get up in arms as quickly. It seems that people of color, which admittedly I am, uh, are are a little bit more critical of streamers being unbelievably racist. Uh, and I think we should all be. I don't care if you're black, white, boy, girl, tall, short, alien, human. Uh, we. <clears throat> probably should be um, condemning people for doing stuff like this. And not only us, but Twitch as a platform needs to do something about this because if this evidence is real um, and uh, the short amount of evidence, I couldn't get into the Discord to check myself personally if this were real, but someone who was in the Discord took a video uh, clicking on the streamer's profile picture and showing that it was that person who was really saying it. Uh, the streamer claims that she wasn't actually saying any of... Oh, sh uh, sorry. Uh, I believe she said she doesn't remember. She doesn't recall saying any of this stuff. But uh, I'm going to read a select few. Um, because this is not just uh, a, a case of streamer racism. But this is every kind of ism I think you can come up with. Um, a lot of F words in here. A lot of hard R's. Um, at one point... Oh god, I can't read that. Oh Effort man, being actually, the homophobic one, not the not fuck, which I think we're allowed to say. We we are allowed to say fuck. Um, okay, the, yeah, yeah. She does say maggot effort. a lot. She says the f yeah, version one, of maggot. Effort, yeah. Um, there's a lot of rape in here. A lot of uh, threatening to rape people. Uh, we have a clip about that coming up in a second. The one I know I can read um, because it doesn't use any actual terrible words. Although the, the sentence itself is terrible, is she, the streamer herself, uh, in 2017, May 31st, 2017, links uh, someone who is, uh, they're a much darker skinned Twitch streamer. And after she links her Twitch channel, she says, 
black female playing basketball, KFC grape. That is just so over the top. I don't know what she has against this other uh, dark skin colored streamer, but that is unbelievable. Um, there's a lot of stuff about Jewish people in here. Um, lots and lots of hard R's. Someone in her chat said, sup my N-words. Uh, there's a lot of transphobic stuff in here. Oh my God. I actually can't read any of this. Someone in her chat says, and Lynch N-words. Which is just... Twitch Twitch recently released a thing um, in their TOS. You're responsible for things you say on other platforms. So if you go, not on Twitch, if you're on Twitter or you're on Discord and you're harassing someone or saying terrible things, that you should be uh, punished on Twitch even if you didn't take those actions on Twitch. And... This is kind of common sense, but I have a lot of actual broadcast training, right? You should treat your microphone like a gun, all right? I guess it extends to your keyboard also. This thing is hot and loaded, right? And if you're firing into the air randomly, you might eventually hit someone. You can't just fire random N-words, R-words, maggots into the air and not expect it to surface to the general public. I don't even text Kuehler, who, you know... I probably say raunchier things to Kuehler in private than I'd say to most people. And same thing with my, my close group of friends. I think that might be true for everyone. But in a public discord where you're associating your stream with your brand, this might not be smart stuff. I don't think you had to go to broadcasting school to figure out something like that. Um, but I think the worst and most abhorrent thing that happened was we have an audio clip that Kuehler is going to play in a second where the streamer admits to sexually assaulting someone. So, Kuehler, go ahead and roll it. Six full months of the friend zone. Don't mean. One day I, I just got a crush on him and I don't know why. Um, and I ended up kissing him randomly. And then he looked at me when I was trying to make out with him and he said, this is weird and denied me. To which I then went on to roast him for 20 minutes straight about how I was going to go to my live stream and tell everyone that I tried to kiss him and he told me, this is weird. To where he then went on to kiss me and I got my way. First off, that is some entitled horse shit. You, you refuse to kiss me. I'm going to go tell on my stream. It's like we're going to tell on the, we're going to tell the teacher. We're going to give you a little bit of internet heat for that. But holy shit, had that happened the opposite way, right? Had a dude gone up to her and tried to make out with her and she's like, this is weird and he just continued doing it. That that would be super, super bad. Uh, obviously, no consent there, which is the main thing. You should, you should always be getting consent. Um, but if the dude backs off and says, this is weird, that's probably when you bail out and try to find some other dude. Uh, and she straight up admitted that on a live stream. Actually, Kula, do you know when that clip was posted? I, I didn't write it down. I, I do um, not have it with me. If you can, actually, I have it open right it here. If you keep talking, yeah, Kula, Kula has the link. Uh, I don't understand why this article I found of her saying these terrible homophobic things, uh, or every ism. I shouldn't just say it's homophobic because she she seems to target everyone equally. Um, there's this one clip of someone going into her Discord and typing Mexican. Uh, so it, it seems like she's an equal opportunity racist, which I can at least respect that, that she is equally hateful to all groups of people. But the fact that Twitch is unwilling to ban this kind of person, 
Uh, same thing with the girl who threw her cat, which someone actually um, Twitch tweeted the other week. It was, I'm going to actually bring up the tweet here. Know of any good non-gaming streams on right now? Asking for a friend. Pornhub tweets back, if you like Twitch, you'll love Pornhub Live. Then some random person asks, would Pornhub ban Alinity? Pornhub replies, point blank, yes. That tweet is way more engagement than um, Twitch's original tweet. Uh, and the fact that this platform doesn't immediately scrap people who are over the line, right? You should draw a line, right? Um, there's a line where you probably shouldn't say certain things uh, on the internet where anyone can hear it, where it could impact your future job or sponsors. I can't believe she's still sponsored by Blue Microphones right now. Uh, if I were over at Blue Microphones and I was on the PR team, I'd probably be like, you know what? This is a liability. We should pull her off the team immediately and make sure that we are not associated with this when she's finally called out and everything, uh, all the fallout happens and the internet's very angry at her. Granted, the internet's going to forget uh, moments later, especially if you handle it well. Like the time Ninja was singing a, uh, a rap song with the N-word in it, and he said the N-word. He actually handled that really well, and it hasn't happened since, I believe. I think that was the only time he was ever caught saying the n -word. Anyway, I'm not here to be the language police or anything like that, but the fact that these people aren't banned on Twitch... Uh, when other people have straight up permission to stream in public, they get banned. Um, but other people who are just being despicable human beings on the internet. And there's pretty solid evidence out there, right? Unless it's fake, unless it's doctored, right? I can't trust everything I see with my own eyeballs. Uh, I don't understand why Twitch just doesn't scrap these people immediately. So I don't mean for this to, to just turn into the stealth shampoo watching over terrible people podcast, but... Holy crap. Also, um, this I mean, clip was from a week ago. It was posted on Reddit. I don't know when the clip was taken, but it seems like it all came out a week ago. I believe... I'm it going to... earlier. Uh, there's... So... She says... I've this, I found something else I can read. Um, when referring to a trans streamer, she says... Uh, I'm going to put this in brackets here because this is contextual. Can this trans streamer, that's the bracket part, uh, bring anything to the Twitch platform besides her curveless body? Like, holy fuck. What did this person do to you? Like, that's that's some kind of heat that you put on someone if they fucking ran over your cat on purpose or something like that. Like, you can't just, you can't just say this kind of stuff publicly. I wouldn't say this in confidence to a close friend, let alone just post this in a Discord where people might take screenshots and put it up. I don't know. Maybe I just care about my own personal brand and keeping my job. Maybe maybe, maybe this is Twitch's lesson to everyone. Maybe you can actually get away with this kind of stuff, and maybe it doesn't actually impact your brand that negatively. Maybe it gives you, uh, gives you eyes, gets people to talk about you, and then that gets Twitch more ad revenue, more people watching your streams so they can watch you be racist and watch the clips. And maybe... Maybe it brings more traffic to the website and it's good for Twitch. Uh, and maybe, maybe that's maybe the whole social media model in general. It seems to be what everyone seems to think it is. Yeah. Or, or maybe what I just said is a bunch of mental gymnastics um, to get around the fact that Twitch moderation is absolute garbage. That's that's probably the Occam's razor, the more likely thing that's happening here. Uh, well, just I, I, think, I think controversy breeding views, breeding profit is not a very controversial or like, you know, out there thing to assume. 
it seems to be the model for many other social media platforms too. Just to close it out here, there's some close-up screenshots. Again, could be doctored. I'm not going to believe every screenshot I see. Um, but me believing a streamer is racist is like if you came out to me and I was asleep for 24 hours and you said, Nikki, it rained yesterday. I'd be like, you know what? I believe that. You know, if you came to me and said, Nikki, the streamer was racist, you'd be like, I could buy that. That's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. So they typed in KKK into the search bar on her Discord. 261 results. They typed in the N-word into the search bar of her Discord. 767 results. Then they typed in maggot with an F into her Discord. 699 results. Uh, this, I think if you type any of those words into the Still Shampoo Discord, all three of those will come up as zero. So that's where we are on the uh, current state of Twitch. The whole So the whole thing with esports and, and promoting gaming and all that stuff... Um, we shouldn't be promoting streamers like that. And for our next topic, there's certain esports events that we shouldn't be promoting. And I'm going to go through some of them that just had a small hiccup. And then I'm going to go through some of them that were so horrifically offensive and borderline maybe illegal that uh, that they absolutely should have been canceled and the company's fine for what they were doing. So on the smaller scale, I went to a... Paxi's tournament. I believe this was in 2017 or 2018, something like that, to play the Unspoken. And um, the last Unspoken tournament I went to was a smaller tournament where I actually met uh, Socks, David Socks, who actually got me the job at Live, where I work now. So that was a great event. Um, I actually lost and got second place in that event. I was ranked, I believe, like 20th in the world at the Unspoken at the time, which there's not that many people playing. So 20 is not incredible. I lost to the rank 15 guy, but I had steamrolled through everyone else. So this is my second uh, unspoken tournament that I go to, and there's way more people. And I expect, you know, there's not too many people playing the unspoken. So I'm a little worried that someone else here uh, is going to do really well. So I practiced a lot beforehand. The fifth character that was released in the game as uh, not part of the base game was the Electromancer, which is what I uh, was going to play. The uh, unspoken was a 1v1 magic fighting game in VR. And so I get there to the tournament at PAX East, and there are 30 people there. And when they ask, who here has played the Unspoken before? Just about everyone, I'd say maybe like 50 or 60%, um, a majority of people rose their hand. And so I thought, okay, there's some actual competition there. Um, and it turns out that they didn't get the latest build of the game, and they couldn't get it to work. So we had to play a, a build of the game that was months, months old, where this character called the Blackjack was horrifically overpowered. I quickly realized after watching everyone else's matches that they have casually played the Unspoken, but they hadn't practiced for two weeks to win what was honestly just like a dumb medal um, and like a handshake from some guy from Oculus. But I had actually really practiced. And so that that's actually a huge issue. Um, the tournament wasn't that serious. There wasn't any major money on the line. But when you're playing a fighting game, right, if you go to like look at Street Fighter or Tekken or anything like that, I'm sure they don't have these issues could be totally wrong but if you're playing on a completely different build of the game as a competitive player you've learned every you know movement every calculation every oh this is going to do this amount of damage for fighting games especially you learn every frame uh every every little small detail you can do so to play on a, a month month old version of the game is is a pretty huge deal 
I was still able to win by a mile. I actually destroyed all three people I went against. Um, so that's like on the smaller end of, of just we were on the wrong build of the game. That's that's one of my esports horror stories are like, okay, it's just like it, it can go wrong. And that wasn't even like a big broadcast esports event. We're going to go to the other side here. We're going to go to the most horrific um, event I ever attended. So I want to flash back to a story that I actually told on stream back in uh, 2017. This takes place at GameSync. It's a land center. I believe it is the only one down in San Diego. And there was a sprint vector tournament at this land center. What you had to do is you had to go, you had to place a time, and those who placed the highest, the eight highest times in North America would be flown out to Vegas and compete for, uh, I think it was like over $10,000 of prizes like that. In the end, I got third place, so I got like a $3,000 computer, not to mention like a trip to Vegas and a hotel and food and drinks and all that stuff. It was great. So the whole, the whole thing probably cost you know, easily like a couple thousand dollars just for me. It was a pretty cool prize. But to qualify, I had to go compete at this uh, gaming cafe down in San Diego. I live in Northern California, so I practiced a ton. Um, I didn't want to fly down there to San Diego for a day and lose. So I spent two weeks practicing. I got a build of the game by maybe not the most um, honest of means, I'll say. But I had a build of the game to practice on while some other people admittedly did not. And so I, I played for two weeks and I flew down to San Diego. I legitimately, I, I had to do a cost analysis here. The flight cost $100. If I won first place at the tournament at this venue, I would get $100. Um, this doesn't count for like the Uber and food and all that stuff. So I'm still going to be like maybe $100 in the hole for this. But had I you know, not placed first place in the tournament to qualify, then I would have just been out like $100, $200. And I didn't have like a super stable job at the time. This is when I had just stopped being a full-time professional Twitch streamer. So like $200 wasn't something that I could just kind of toss to the wind. So that's why I really put my heart into practicing for the event. I contact the venue and I say, hey, do you guys have the Oculus Rift equipment? Um, are you guys going to be ready to go? Is this the correct day? Is this the correct time? All that stuff. I'll show up. I want to participate. Please pre-register me. And they're like, it's all good. We got the equipment. We'll have it all set up and everything. I'm like, great. And so I get on a plane, uh, fly an hour down to San Diego, get in an Uber, and I get to the venue. And when I open the door to the venue, I'm going to put, for those of you who are watching the stream live, I'm going to put some pictures on stream. For those of you who are not watching live, I will describe this to you. Uh, as best I can, because I want to keep this as audio podcast friendly as possible. Right around the corner of the entrance is a pile of dust, rubble, little rebar, and an open box of nails. There's dust, construction, gaffers tape, painters tape everywhere. The place is absolutely filthy. And we're going to swap over to some pictures of the competition, but for those of you listening on Spotify... Uh, there are, Keeler, do you have the stream up? How, how many wires is that up in the background? The wall is not finished. The gaming computers are sitting on those little like fold out tables you'd bring to a picnic or that maybe you'd see at like a card shop. There's a ladder pinned up against the floor. The, the place is dim. Um, there's still writing on the walls, like the little writing electricians do. Um, yeah, little markings of the. 
Yeah, there's cords hanging from the ceiling, hanging down from the walls. And in this picture of me competing in this venue, there's a full uh, like line of children playing Overwatch. There's a child's birthday party going on in what looks to be this abandoned, extremely poorly lit warehouse. Uh, you can see the lighting. Like, they put spotlights on me. They put, like, actual construction spotlights. That was the lighting that was in this venue. There's still paper on the walls. Uh, this picture right here shows that the, the roof isn't done. You can see the plumbing coming out of the walls. Uh, what uh, The insulation, uh, or the, the, the AC unit up here, the little pipes that pump air through the venue is, uh, is visible through the ceiling. If you look in this picture, the bathroom in the back left has a bucket at the bottom of the sink because the plumbing is not installed. Not so water water will come into the sink and you can wash your hands, but it will not leave the venue. It will instead drip into this Home Depot bucket on the floor. I was told <laughs> in confidence by the management that they caught the electrician doing, I believe it was cocaine, um, <laughs> in the bathroom. I don't want to get that wrong. If it was heroin, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, for getting the drug wrong, but I told this story on stream before, and that footage is still out there, and I don't want to—I don't want to exaggerate or anything. Um, but I think it was the electrician or the plumber, or someone like that, was ca caught doing drugs in that restroom in the picture behind me. And in this final picture here, uh, you can see the wall—that's foam, that's exposed foam coming out of the wall right there. As we're playing with this VR equipment, um, I actually sent—I so I understand. Right. If you are a, if you're a venue owner, right, um, you're a local business, you're getting destroyed by online retailers. People aren't coming in anymore. People would rather play games at home. Like, I, I understand the struggles of running a business in California. It's expensive. Rent is expensive. Commuting is terrible. All that jazz. But holy crap, I literally helped put tables down for that venue because they were hosting a birthday party. They actually had this birthday party scheduled for, I don't remember when, let's say 12 o'clock. And this dad shows up with a van of children. And they say, hey, we're not quite ready to open yet. I know we scheduled the birthday party for 12. The dad takes the kids out to Starbucks. And they have me. I flew in from Northern California, not an employee of the store, help put tables up and sweep the floors. No joke. Um, and the reason I did that was because... If I didn't, I wasted my time because if I don't play VR and if I don't put down a qualifying time, then I just wasted my flight and I wasted my day and I wasted all this Uber money. So I had to help. There, there was nothing else I could do. And I actually, I have so much sympathy that I wasn't going to talk about this. I wasn't going to publicly shame them, uh, come on a podcast, like leave a bad Yelp review. I still actually haven't even left a bad Yelp review. But at the end of the day, um, I asked the owner, hey, I won first place at the tournament. It's documented. Um, we've submitted the scores. Can I please have my $100 that I was promised for winning the tournament? And he said, uh, yeah, I'll get that sent right over to you. You know, gave him, uh, gave him a couple hours and was like, hey, man, uh, hasn't hit my PayPal yet. Are you doing all right? He's like, yeah, I'm just checking with the tournament administrators to make sure that I'm going to be compensated for this $100 that I'm about to give you. And I'm like, hold the f hold the fuck on. 
Like, no. I After all you put me through, you're going to hold out $100 from me, which shouldn't be that much to your business. Obviously, it was. So he was holding out on that money. There are also shirts provided. Um, I ended up taking half the shirts. Turns out one of the contractors who was doing construction at the venue took the other half of the shirts. <laughs> I was the only one there specifically for the VR tournament. No one else showed up. I actually had to get the person who was doing construction. I had to teach them how to play and then have them play against me so that I could ha submit a legal score. That's how terrible this was. And so... I stuffed in my bag half the shirts, water bottles, and sweatbands, and swag that was provided as giveaways for the event. Um, I, I left half of the stuff there on the table just in case anyone else showed up. No one else showed up. So right as I'm about to leave, I'm like, got plenty of room in my suitcase. Love to take the rest of the swag. Turns out the person who was doing the work on the venue took the rest of the stuff. That's fine. Whatever. Not that big of a deal. When the owner DM'd me on Discord, I wish I pulled up the chat logs because I wonder if I could still find them. He DM'd me on Discord, and I mentioned that I took the swag. And he said, what? Th that was supposed to be one per person. We were going to give those shirts away to other people later. And that's when I fucking snapped. I sent in these pictures that I showed off on stream of the place in horrible disarray to my contacts over at um, the, the people who were running the tournament. And I said, hey, this is the venue I went to. This is the condition it was in. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. They were fucking livid. And I guarantee you, another VR competition will not be run at that venue. And if and if there is another VR competition run at GameSync down in San Diego, I hope I am informed. And I will put those pictures out. And I will be sending them to my contacts over at Oculus if they're the ones doing it. If it's sponsored by HTC, I got contacts there also. I'll be sending those over to them. Um, it was the owner... I, everything else is n uh, inexcusable, but it was something I was willing to excuse. The nails on the floor, the poor lighting, the fact that I was literally doing manual labor. Uh, all things I was willing to let slide until he said that I was not allowed to take the swag that I took despite being the only one who came to the event. He knew I flew out for this. Um, Do you so, still have it? Have what? The uh, shirt? The swag in general, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I got plenty of them. In fact, I actually... Oh, yeah, I should get one. Yeah, I think I still have some within arm's reach. I don't think I have some in arm's reach, but I know there's some in this room. Um, the Sprint Vector shirts you see me wear, I got a lot of those from the event, but... Yeah. It was great. Um, I got socks and all that stuff, too. Uh, so that was an absolute mess. And uh, the the people who were doing the tournament apologized to me personally. Alienware. The representatives at Alienware, I believe, or the, the company that hired Alienware to do the tournament, actually gave me an extra one hundred dollars for um, for my troubles and apologized. So I don't I don't hold any of that against Alienware. They should have done a little bit better scouting and approval for the venues. But uh, the the owner of GameSync down in San Diego is is really the one I, I, I take the most issue with. So that's my absolute worst horror story. Um but there's some other ones we have. The Archangel Hellfire Tournament. So here's the thing with VR Esports. A little bit of a side right now. VR Esports is not being run very well. It's not being run with competitive rules in mind. right? They're just trying to, it seems like, tack Esports. The word Esports. You know, we, we associate that with Overwatch, Rocket League, Dota, League of Legends, big venues. Um, 
hundreds of thousands, if not millions of spectators watching, right? VR esports is nothing like that. We don't have people carefully looking over the rule sets. We don't have uh, amazing venues being secured and spectators coming to watch for VR. It's usually just a dumb side event. So I was uh, attending a tournament that some of my friends were in, but I was just going to be a spectator. This was a TwitchCon. What was TwitchCon in San Jose? Or is it 2017? 2018? 2018, I believe. Yes. San Jose? Yes. Yeah, because the recent one was the last one I didn't go to. So So, TwitchCon 2018, um, we were told that there was going to be an Archangel Hellfire VR tournament on the TwitchCon show floor and that they were going to fly out the top, I believe it was four, I'll say four, maybe it was eight, teams. It was two people per team, so it wasn't that many people, and they were going to have a big match on the show floor. Well, some things fell through, and they ended up having the match in a back ballroom in a hotel, in the back of a ballroom in a hotel across the street from TwitchCon. And the whole thing was a mess. Um, They were playing on two sensor rift setups on laptops. And for those of you who don't know, a two-sensor Rift setup, uh, and this is the Oculus Rift, not the Oculus Rift S. That just means there are two sensors in front of you. That means you cannot turn around. You effectively have about 180-degree tracking. Well, uh, there was a photographer at the event who doesn't quite understand how sensors work, and I don't blame him. And he got right up in front of one of my friends in the middle of this match where there's money on the line, and his head is blocking one of the sensors, one of my friend's sensors, so he can take pictures invalidating the the competitive integrity of the event, right? Of course, I, t- I told him like, hey man, uh, make sure you don't do that. That's a sensor. You want to make sure that you, know, you don't get in his way while he's trying to play. I wouldn't want you to get hit in the face or you know him breaking your camera or anything like that. It was an honest mistake by him. But um, the horrific part was that one of my friends flew in from the East Coast and they flew him in Thursday morning. So he got there. It's about a six-hour flight. It got, they got him in Thursday afternoon. He was playing in the competition Thursday night. They wanted to fly him out Friday morning. Like, they just wanted to get rid of him. And he wasn't going to be able to experience SwitchCon, which was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They were just going to get him in Thursday, get him out right away. And this man flew in six hours, which is an absolute scam. All right? Like, VR competitions are... You know, on on a good day, easy money, and on a bad day, a literal fucking scam. What ended up happening was he told me that they ended up, he ended up splitting a hotel with his teammate. They were supposed to get different hotel rooms, but they ended up splitting uh, a hotel room so they could have the budget and get passes and stay a little bit longer for the event. I believe he ended up leaving like Saturday night or something because I hit him up Sunday and I'm like, yo, man, you want to hang out? He's like, I already flew out, bro. I'm like, oh, crap. You were here for like two, three days. Um, so that was, I mean, if that had happened to me, then I would have, I, I would have raised all hell. Um, I don't know what he ended up doing about that, but uh, I ended up taking him to a party and we had a good time and all that stuff um, while he was still there. But it was, that was super, like you have all these expectations of, you know, being on the show floor, playing this game and not having a photographer, you know, interfere and step into your area where you're trying to pilot a giant mech in VR. And that ends up happening, uh, which is, in in my book, just incredibly uh, unacceptable. And they actually didn't even end up getting first place. Uh, congratulations to the guys who did, but I, I wish that competition had actually gone as it was actually planned. Another by the same company, the uh, Space Junkies Tournament, which is another VR esports game 
That game was bad. I hate that game. Um, I mean, first off, you spawned in with a random gun. And I think anyone who plays any kind of competitive game, whether it be Apex Legends or anything that requires um, a level of skill, that uh, giving someone a random gun at the start of the match may or may not be uh, a good competitive consideration. And so these games that are being promoted for VR esports sometimes aren't built by people who actually play games competitively or they don't have a competition in mind. We just slap esports on it and it's an esport. Let's go, boys. We're, we're good to go. We're going to have fun. We're going to make some money. People are going to watch. That's, that's not how it works. And so with the Space Junkies tournament, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna straight up say I, I may have cheated. Um, this was supposed to be a an event for VR arcades. And I have a VR arcade away from me. It's 30 minutes away and it costs $6 to cross the bridge to get there. Gas money and it costs parking. And I thought to myself, fuck that. I got, a, I got an arcade key, installed it on my home computer and uh, participated in the tournament from home. And turns out for the, uh, before they actually like had the top cut for the tournament, they had random play, uh, random like playoffs. And I believe only one out of our four games of the random playoffs, our opponents showed up. The three other matches that we played, they didn't show up. What happened was a lot of VR arcades signed up for this tournament and they either forgot or didn't give a shit wasting the time of all the other competitors. So let's take this into account. If I were to drive 30 minutes both ways, pay $6 bridge toll, which you only have to do one way, pay for parking, then pay for arcade time, which I wouldn't have had to do um, because I'm, I'm friends with the people who work there, and then go back, right, and waste all that time to not even play a match. As a customer, as someone who wanted to get involved in VR esports, I'm not speaking as Nikki. I'm speaking as, you know, uh, let's say someone else who isn't so experienced with this kind of stuff. I would have been livid and I would never play again. And I, I would think VR esports was a scam. And I continue watching CSGO. Uh, three out of the four people didn't show up. That was that would have been three out of four times I would have done that. My time would have just been flat out wasted. Probably after the first or second time, I would have just stopped playing. Uh and so that was just an absolute train wreck. There was no consideration for the rule set. First off, it was Team Deathmatch. And if you play Team Deathmatch in anything, let's say Call of Duty, right? If you get two kills, guess what? Guess what you're going to do I, I, now that I'm 2-0? I'm running the timer down. Like, I'm going to hide. I'm going to make sure you come around the corner while my gun is raised and I blast you as soon as you get around. There's a good faith clause in that rule set, but how are you going to prove that if there's no judge uh, present? Or people aren't recording clips, and now they have to record clips. And then just the, the accessibility of getting a VR headset is questionable. And now you have to record. Now you have to do it in an arcade setting. And arcades are not a great place to do esports. All right, you have, um, first off, straight up, um, not every arcade station is calibrated the same. Not every arcade even has perfect calibration. Um, I went to a VR arcade up in Canada where one of their um, base station sensors, which you need to sense where your VR headset is. One of those sensors was pointed fucking at the ceiling. These these VR arcades are not actual places where you're playing with top-tier equipment. I mean, there, there are Fortnite players out there who will, like, measure the distance between their mouse and keyboard before they actually start playing because you need to play in such a perfect environment. If you think about, like, golf, right? Imagine if you had to play with shitty golf clubs at a major event, right? Uh, and that's apparently acceptable 
on VR esports to play with subpar equipment in a subpar environment, you know, where you're also paying for your time. Imagine if you had to pay for your time, right, to compete in Fortnite. For the way Fortnite does is you just go on an online competition and then you qualify. Imagine if you were required to go to a gaming cafe. Uh, that does not drive revenue. I worked at a VR arcade for quite a while, and that does not drive revenue to the arcade. People are not interested in doing it. They want to go play the hot games. Job Simulator, Beat Saber, Super Hot. All right? They're not going to come back and, and repeatedly compete. That's not a market that exists. If someone is doing that, then then you got really lucky that you found that person. But that is not a market that we can bank on right now. VR is not big enough to be holding these esports competitions and to be trying to drive people to arcades. So that was borderline a complete scam. On the non-VR side, I've gone to esports arena and esports arena oakland is another completely garbage place it's probably only like two tiers better than game sync it's in a big warehouse but at least they had like finished construction i actually applied to work at esports arena killer how are we doing on time actually let me check this out here. Uh, let's finish on this story maybe we'll do the other one after all right well yeah we'll finish we'll finish on this one i went to esports arena and i actually applied for a job there this is probably about two years ago and i actually applied to be uh, one of the production people so I was going to school at the time at San Francisco State for broadcast communications, it's like TV and radio stuff, right? And I wanted to help out with the audio video on, on esports productions there. They ended up not hiring me, which not a big deal. I'm not salty about that. Turns out they must not have actually hired anyone because I had gone back there for an Overwatch event a little bit later and the speakers were just dead. They had actual Overwatch League casters there commentating the event. And the speakers just, I'm not going to do it because it's not good radio, but they sounded like they were talking with their hands over their mouths the entire time. The speakers were broken. So I was there for the first 30 minutes. I was like, ah, they're going to get this fixed. I understand how production works. Sound check went wrong. Like they're probably going to swap, swap out a cord or something or swap out a microphone, rebalance the audio. Like something's going wrong. They'll figure it out. Right? No, I was there for probably six, eight hours and it was garbage the entire time. They had computers dying in the middle of the competition, nonstop. They actually had to pause the match, right? The, in Overwatch, luckily, the um, the host, the spectators can can pause the match, you know, restart someone's computer, pick it up, move it away, bring in another one, reconnect all the cords, and that did not make for a good spectator experience. First off, the commentators must have been fucking pissed because one of the jobs of a commentator, it's not fun, but you have to be able to do it well, is fill in dead air. And they had a lot of dead air to fill. So they were constantly swapping out dead computers. You could never hear what the commentators were saying, so you had to spectate. And I actually played Overwatch at the time. Without commentators, I actually can't ever tell what's happening in a game of Overwatch. It's just like six people who are firing lasers at each other, sprinting all over the place, throwing flashbangs, falling off the map. I can never truly understand what's happening in a game of Overwatch, and I actually played at the time. So not having commentators really negatively impacted my experience. It ended up just being an absolutely terrible event. Uh, and I had, I don't know if they actually did hire someone. Um, I heard rumors that they never hired anyone or they brought someone in from the LA location to do it. Uh, but whoever they got to do their job there, uh, to do the audio at Esports Arena Oakland, never actually did their job. Uh, that place was absolute trash. They also held a Beat Saber tournament. It's actually a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And I called to ask the employees about it. Apparently, they're only doing it at esports arenas and Walmarts. So I, I would have had to drive an hour and a half to go to the nearest one up in Roseville. And the employee didn't even know the rules. I don't fault the employee at all. He was actually a really nice guy and answered all my questions. 
Um, I wasn't mad at the guy at all. I, I'm mad at management and whoever put the tournament together because it was very, very poorly communicated to the actual venue. Logan, one of the best Beat Saber players in the world, actually drove multiple hours to his esports arena in a Walmart. And they ended up not even having the VR equipment when he got there. And then he got snowed in. So he couldn't even go back home afterwards. He had to stay there. And so I call my venue, ask him some questions. And the dude tells me that he will ask in the employee Snapchat. And luckily, I had someone with me and I had him on speaker to verify that I heard that Esports Arena apparently runs on an employee Snapchat, which I don't care how your employees get information back and forth to each other, but I believe the intent of Snapchat is to delete information after it's posted. And it's an extra step to save messages on Snapchat. So uh, that was a complete wreck. I actually uh, decided to not even end up going, but the fact that I had a call multiple times and he actually told me that no one showed up. Not a single person showed up for this Beat Saber tournament at the Esports Arena location in Roseville. And they actually only had one prize for all locations. They didn't even shell out for prizes, you know, one per location, which I would have thought would have been the bare minimum. So uh, overall, esports at the high level is actually super cool. Um, I've been to Overwatch events and I've been to like Fortnite events at TwitchCon, even though the Fortnite tent was really humid and gross. Um, but I've been to legitimate esports events. Um, I've been to Genesis where they do fighting games and I absolutely love it. I love the hype in the room. I don't even play Melee. I don't understand what's happening half the time, but I love the hype and I love the atmosphere and the way the fighting game community does it is unbelievable. Um, I truly love going to like Smash events and, and going to Genesis. Genesis 7, I believe, is coming up later in January. But as far as VR esports goes, those nine times out of 10 are a complete train wreck, whether it be the rule sets, the logistics, the ones that Oculus Connect I could actually go on about. The ones that Oculus Connect um, also don't go incredibly smoothly. And those are actually run by ESL and sponsored by Oculus. And a lot of money is put down and people are flown out for these events. And VR esports, most of the time, there's so many people pushing for it. And I love, I love VR, but it's not being done by people who play these games or care about competitive integrity. Uh, it's not being done on games that are competitively, you know, made with that in mind, uh, with spectator mode and making it easy for people to watch and getting people to play. Because the other thing is you're going to need people to play, right? It's not just a spectator thing. We can't have a VR esport when there's 10 people playing this. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's still a VR esport, right? I'm not going to sit here and gatekeep. This is an esport. This is not an esport, right? It's, it's, it's an esport still, but it's not a good one. And I think we're still a long ways away from VR esports actually being a thing. Um, and I love being that guy who's like, yeah, VR, VR is great. Everyone needs to do it. But I need to be realistic about it. I can't, I can't go out and in good faith tell people, yeah, go participate in this arcade tournament. Because arcade tournaments aren't good, right? Their hardware is not ready. The people who work there aren't prepared to help you. Um, the venues are sometimes trash in the, in the game sync San Diego example. I can't in good faith encourage people to do this until it picks up. And uh, those are my personal stories from someone who is out there in the thick of it on the floor and not someone who's just like being paid to promote this kind of stuff or not someone who like wants you to do it. This is from someone who's out there swinging their arms, looking like a fool in public. Um, so 
those are my stories, and I have plenty more of them. But we're going to end this episode of the Early Access Podcast. Thank you guys for watching. You can check us out live, twitch.tv slash Shampoo at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, do me a favor, and we're starting a Stell Shampoo TikTok. Go follow me on TikTok. Maybe we'll talk about that later. I'm going to post some Beat Saber content on TikTok because that's blowing up. Uh, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shampoo. Give me a rating on Spotify. Just go search the Early Access Podcast on Spotify. All right, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys all next week, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. PST, here on the Early Access Podcast.